Good morning, and uh, welcome to chapel service. Thank you all for taking a moment out of your day to, as the song says, to praise the Lord. Um, thank you for being here. Uh, a couple of things. You may have noticed the, the beautiful colors uh, in the foyer. Um, next week, uh, it will be a little bit different for chapel. We will start here in the chapel, um, but we will be celebrating Dia de los Muertos, um, so after a few minutes here in the chapel, we will go outside um, to decorate the sugar skulls, um, and you are invited, we will have an altar, you're invited to bring mementos of deceased loved ones, uh, pictures, or any, anything little that just reminds you of them um, to kind of place as, a, as an offering uh, in remembrance of them. Um, so that'll be next week, next Thursday. Uh, one last thing for housekeeping, uh, the closing hymn today, Lead Me, Guide Me, we'll be singing verses one and three. One and three. <laughs> uh, so if you sing verse two, you may be a little lost. Uh, but again, thank you for coming. Loving, ever-present creator, enable us to be still and know that you are here. Holy One, source of all strength, be near us in our everyday life. Breathe in us your spirit to strengthen, comfort, and guide us in the midst of trouble. Speak to us in this hour and help us extend your peace to others in our homes, in our communities, and in the world. Amen. Merciful God, we feel hurt and cry out to you. You are compassionate. Faithful God, we feel uncertain and far from you. You draw near. Affectionate God, we feel alone and cast aside. You are our strength in times of trouble and a refuge along the way. Remind us of your steadfast love. Please be seated. morning. Today's reading is from the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verses 18 through 21. When I read this text, I was like, I need something to help explain where it's coming from. So this passage comes to us after the tribe of Israel received the Ten Commandments through Moses. So there's some context. The people trembled with fear when they heard the thunder and the trumpet and saw the, lighti- the lightning and the smoke Coming from the mountain. They stood a long way off and said to Moses, If you speak to us, we will listen. But don't let God speak to us, or we will die. Don't be afraid, Moses replied. God has come only to test you, so that by obeying God, you won't sin. But when Moses went went near the thick cloud where God was, the people stayed off a long way. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. 
when my husband and I made the decision to leave Northwest Indiana, I got a glimpse at something I didn't anticipate. What it might be like to attend my own funeral. Fortunately for me in this case, I was standing up rather than lying down and my eyes were open, an important distinction. Now let me acknowledge what we all know, the transition from life into the kingdom of God's glory is serious and somber business. On Monday, I joined my Cal Lutheran colleagues in attending the funeral of a beloved leader across our university community, Jim Swenson. While there, I listened to many stories about the impact he made on so many people's lives. Even though I missed the opportunity to meet Mr. Swenson, his funeral service was an exemplar of how much a life well-lived can make an outsized impact. I listened as his beloved wife, Sue, and their children found ways to make us laugh through the sadness while we acknowledged the irreversibility that this once vibrant and deeply admired servant had indeed taken his final breath. I heard about Jim's world famous peanut brittle, Mr. Swenson's amazing capacity for detail to help others share his vision for a stronger and better community. His fondness for Credence Clearwater Revival played real loud, model trains, and the generous contributions the Swensons have made here at Cal Lutheran. Also at his alma mater, the University of Minnesota Duluth, the University of Wisconsin Superior, and beyond. No, that isn't the kind of funeral I experienced as Mundo and I made the journey from Northwest Indiana to Southern California. Yet it was Paul Evenson who helped to remind me that this reality is closer in time than any of us can imagine. While we stood in the back of Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Dana Point, California, Paul leaned in to me and he asked, do you ever wonder who will attend your funeral? And after a long pause, I responded, actually, yes, I do. And as I stood there, I remembered my send-off from Purdue Northwest before arriving in Thousand Oaks. There was a red carpet, complete with stanchions to guide the visitors who would attend. The event organizers had asked me to come over to the space a few minutes before the start time so I could have a private preview because I had until now managed to avoid even thinking about this scene. Until that moment, I had been able to hold on to the safety and familiarity of the community I had known for more than 50 years. There was no turning back. I was leaving my familiar, predictable, safe, comfortable world and trading it all for this unfamiliar, unpredictable, risky, 
uncomfortable world 2,072 miles away. So there I stood in this mostly empty room and cried hard for at least 15 minutes. The small group of my close friends kept bringing tissues and each tissue disintegrated just like the last one. I stared at the red carpet, the long table of pastries and lemonade, and then as my tears were starting to dry, I thought, what if no one shows up? This is a really big, empty room. Within minutes, uh, to my relief, a few people were in the room, and before long, there was a little line of people standing, waiting to say goodbye. Just like a funeral. I think there was some kind of music playing, but I honestly couldn't tell you what it was. I love music and would have imagined it to be Lauryn Hill, India Ari, maybe James Brown, Aretha Franklin, Phoebe Snow, Anita Baker, or Kirk Franklin, or The Temptations. But I honestly can't remember any music at all. Just odd crowd music of indistinct voices having in distinguishable conversations. I couldn't keep it together for more than five minutes at a time. It felt like a movie in slow motion or suspended animation. Before the next person in line could walk up even a few steps, I would start crying. Again, I hugged people in the line who I didn't expect to see. I embraced the people who I thought didn't particularly even like me. People who disagreed with me, decidedly so. I was humbled to see relative strangers, people I thought barely even knew I existed. And I also remember the people I thought I would see that I didn't at all. And so it was farewell. And the saddest part of all, it was my funeral and I was the only one crying. My parents wore flame-resistant uniforms to work, 10-pound steel-toed shoes and a steel-coated helmet to work every day. Whether it was 110 degrees in the shade in the summer, 25 below zero and 16 inches of snow in the winter, and everything in between, they were never sick. Somehow, my dad put on his steel worker's tuxedo for 36 years and for 25 years, my mom slipped her size seven foot into those heavy boots so that they could afford Catholic school tuition for my sister, my brothers, and me. From six to three, three to one, or the midnight shift, they navigated a kind of Jurassic Park of manufacturing with overhead cranes carrying coils, weighing as much as 6,000 pounds, hanging from hooks that were 10 feet tall. They were fearless and proud. They had escaped the Jim Crow South as children. My maternal grandparents fled West Point, Mississippi, which is about 100 miles away from Money, Mississippi. That's the town where 14-year-old Emmett Till of Chicago was lynched. Mama made us promise that we would never, ever visit Mississippi. Dad thought it might be okay for us to visit his hometown in Midway, Alabama, but only during the daylight hours. 
My parents insisted that we have piano lessons, money that was certifiably wasted on me, I assure you. And they saved little bits over the years as seed money to help us pay for college. By the time I graduated, I had worked in broadcast journalism for 10 years, and my next career took me to the steel mills that I had heard so much about around our kitchen table. I got my own metatarsal boots and a steelworker's helmet, and I learned that the sound of the steel mill's blast furnace was probably a lot like the thunder and lightning and smoke coming from the mountains when Moses tried to calm the fears of the people. The dangerous and hard work in the steel mills offered the promise of a better future for our family. Today's sacred text talks about how the people feared the Lord after being blessed with the commandments. God's voice, our calling, can often be disguised. I don't know about anyone else, but for me, God's call sometimes reminds me of a trip to the dentist. It's scary, maybe painful, typically uncomfortable, and I could lose a few teeth. <laughs> but when it's all over, eventually, if not immediately, I get to smile again. If my joining this new community is God's test, it is both horrifying and wonderful all at once. Every day I wake up expecting a miracle. I get to work with others to connect this university to people who have the hearts and the means to make the greatest impact on this community that I now call home. At California Lutheran University in Thousand Oaks, California, I think that is my calling and my blessing. Calling to me means I have to find a way to heed what God has given me the potential to do regardless of my fears. No matter how much I may worry that I might have to get closer, still closer to the thunder and the lightning and the smoke coming from the mountain. So today I share with you what I learned during the summer of 2018. And it is this, the opposite of fear is faith. The faith that you will be required to take chances if God calls your name. Even after your kids have grown up and you're learning to be a grandparent. Somebody told me that Richard Peterson must have been more than just a little bit crazy to donate farmland in 1957 to build a Lutheran college in Ventura County, California. But boy, are we glad he did it. Some 60 years later, I'd like to think he and I might have had a little something in common. Besides being more than a little bit crazy, we share a faith that God's call won't always make sense to us. But miracles happen when we trust it just the same. Amen. Let's pray. God of grace, reveal your power. We are grateful for your generosity, for the manner in which you surprise us in the depths of life's circumstances. Save us from complacency, from settling into a routine that would keep us from being giving, loving, and merciful to others. Open our ears, 
eyes, hearts, and minds to recognizing you. Amen. Learn from God. Trust in God. Delight in God. Surrender your daily troubles to the Spirit, and you will never walk alone. May God's blessings and fullness be with you today and always. Amen. I invite you to share a sign of God's peace with those all around you.